0: Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, an evolved perspective on life with dogs. Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Great to be here today on this brutally hot summer day in Seattle. There's some smoke I can see out the window. We were just talking about it. Uh, some fires up in British Columbia. I think where the smoke is drifting down. Is that right? Yeah, that's what it looks like. Uh, very hazy day. Maybe not the best day to take your dog for yeah. a walk. Uh, it, at least wait till the
1: evening, I would think, exactly. when it cools off. Yeah, Yeah.
0: summertime is always rough for me because I get so stressed out in parking lots. You know, I'm like, oh, I hope I don't see a dog in a car <laughs> closed yeah. in because I'm... That's going to be tough. Um, So, yeah, you know, don't take your dogs with you on errands when it's this hot because the cars get hot like pretty much instantly. And also be really careful about pavement because the pavement gets super hot and you don't feel it because you have shoes on, probably. Um, But paw pads can get burned really easily, too. So just be careful with this summer heat wherever you may be listening from. Uh, Reminder that we have the Dog Film Festival in Seattle this Sunday at the Admiral Theater in West Seattle, the historic Admiral Theater. There's two shows. It's two different shows, two different films. Last year was the first year that um, she did this. Tracy Hotchner is the um, producer of it. She is the woman behind Dog Talk and the Radio Pet Lady Network and a friend of ours. And um, last year we went. It was so fun. It's a um, compilation of a bunch of different dog-related films celebrating the human-dog relationship. And this year they are back. There's actually a number of locations in this area. You can go to DogFilmFestival.com for information about where they may be visiting near you. Here in Seattle is the Historic Admiral Theater in West Seattle. The first show is at 3. The second show is at 5. So there's a little bit of a break in between. You can bring your dogs to the theater— Now, make sure that your dog is the kind of dog that would like to go to this kind of thing, you know. So just, you know, kind of common sense about that. But And also um, kid-friendly. So there's no content in any of this that would be inappropriate for families. So two- and four-legged family members are welcome. That's this Sunday, um, August 4th, 5th, 6th. I don't even know what. August 6th. There you go. Thank you. August 6th. (laughs) That was my guest who just chimed in. (laughs) Hello. Hi. So um, I have Liz with me, and I met Liz at Studio Two Hundred Six—the best place ever. Yeah, we should give him like a you know shout out. Holla. I'm so glad I met you. <laughs> I'm glad I met you. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember what conversation
1: our first conversation was? It about pizza and wine? Nope. Really? I thought it was the pizza and wine conversation. I don't think so. You you uh, I, I don't was know. it about Madonna?
0: Well, yes. That's how we. We ended up actually having, so I you said Detroit. I don't know if we were talking about the weather or yeah. people. And I
1: found out you were from the East Coast.
0: Yeah. And you said, oh, I'm from Detroit. And I said, well, I think of Madonna. And you were like, well, I love Madonna. And then we had her like kind of an educated conversation about her for
1: like 10 minutes. Right. Because mm-hmm. she's sort of from my neck of the woods. Yeah. She's from, I think, Royal Oak or Rochester, Rochester, Michigan, mm-hmm. which is where I'm from. Yeah. So, what's up, Madonna? Anyway, that was so long ago. We've shared so much since. So long ago.
0: Yeah. So um, you actually asked me a question. You have two Pomeranians, mm-hmm. and you re- actually last week were like, hey, I've got this question about my younger dog, Diggy, and, you know, what do you think? And I said, well, would you come on the show with me to talk about it?
1: I and was flattered. You Thank said, you for yes. inviting me.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, it's always a pleasure to have an actual guest in the booth because I do a lot of phone interviews with people from oh, wherever. So, Any time, yeah. So your main thing we were talking um, just a minute ago—you're kind of giving me the whole world of it—and your your main thing is your. So you have two Pomeranians, mm-hmm. both male. Yeah. Wolfie's thirteen. Diggy's two. Yeah. So it's
1: a big age difference, and I don't know if that's a that's a problem to start. No. Okay. Um, so now how long did you get Diggy as a puppy? Um, we got Diggy. He was about one. So we've only had him for, well, he just, he turned two in April. So a little over a year and a half, maybe we've had him. Okay. And, um, do you know anything about his first year of life before he came to you? I really don't know much of anything about him. So where did you get him? Um, we got him through a a woman who, who had gotten him in California or something. I felt like he passed through a lot of hands. Okay. So I, I don't know a lot about his story. Okay. And they, they were like, we don't know. Did, did they get
0: him in a shelter? Was he pulled out of a shelter? Don't know. Mm-mm. Okay. So unknown first year of life. Right. Um, and he, he was is... kind of just
1: looking for a home. Yeah. yeah. And was this a rescue or just an individual? It was an individual. And we found him uh, through Petfinder. Okay. Um,
0: and he is anxious, sensitive, and anxious. Mm-hmm. And that's your main thing is is you feel like the world is really overwhelming to him. He's reactive. He's really he's you know happy in your home, right? And but if you basically take him anywhere outside of the home, outside of the home, he's just uh, barks and lunges and 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 gets really upset really easily, and. Also, you said he has
1: separation anxiety, yeah um, inside the home, and I feel like I, I know I know I mentioned this earlier I want to preface he's such a good dog like he I really believe that he is a good dog. He's a sweetheart, he's super loving. I can tell that he's got kind of that little doggy sparkle in his eye. He wakes up every day is like the best day of his life. <laughs> but the moment he gets out of his comfort zone of our house. Mm-hmm. There are issues. I mean, there's issues with barking at dogs on the leash. There's issues like he doesn't want to. He It's a big deal. Like he gets very upset going in the car. He will not walk into, let's say, like a mud bay, like where we go to get our dog food. Like mm-hmm. um, He won't even walk near the garbage dump where we throw out the little bags of dog poo. Mm-hmm. He gets really freaked out. And my concern is I worry because Wolfie, my first dog, So super chill. The last dog we had, Foxy, who just passed away a few years ago. Really great dog. They really caused us no problems. And maybe I just don't, I I worry that maybe I just don't know enough about dogs like I thought I did. And Diggy's sort of our learning experience. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty common for people to have, um,
0: you know, every dog is different. Mm -hmm. So you've had, you were lucky with two easy, you know, quote unquote, easy Easy, dogs and now you've got this guy who's um you know struggles with some things and and it's hard to know and i know there's so many people listening who are in this place of like well i see the challenges but i don't i don't feel like
1: i have the tools really to right. work through this and that's so frustrating as a dog owner yeah because of course you i want him to have the very best life possible and at this point sometimes i just don't know how to do that yeah now you said um So when you say
0: separation anxiety, when you leave your home, does he have,
1: does he react? You know, at first he did, um, to the point where we actually got some nasty notes from our neighbors, Mm -hmm. and um, that was awkward. Uh, But uh, we have, we figured out a way now where we can put him in, we can put him at ease. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, We have a little spot set up for them. We have his favorite bed. We have some blankets. He gets his food in the Kong. So he's all good. Mm -hmm. But we've had some issues where um, we used to travel all the time with Wolfie. So we decided to all go to Vancouver. We had a doggy Airbnb. We were all set and ready to go. We could not leave Diggy. He was a disaster. He was shaking. He was freaking out. So um, when we leave our house, he's he's fine in his world mm-hmm. and his world is our house and that is it. See I would love to expand that world.
0: Yeah. Has he always been that way?
1: Yes. Okay. Has he gotten better or worse over time? I don't think yeah, I don't think he's gotten a lot better. He's not gotten worse. So okay. maybe that's good. So it's maybe the pretty much the same. Right. He's gotten better at, at home. Right. Yeah. Gotten,
0: you know, settled into his life his with life. you. Yeah, and... yeah. Okay. So there's a, there's a few different, um, I was just talking last week with my guest um, about wanting to do a show. I was like, maybe we'll talk about anxiety today because I can't, you know, it's one of the most common things that people reach out to us for help with.
1: I'm glad because as a, as a pet owner, I freak out and I think I'm totally alone and I'm doing everything wrong and I don't know what to do. Yeah. So you're not. Thank you. <laughs>
0: um, I've worked with thousands of dogs over the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. And anxiety, general anxiety, specifically behaviorally, separation anxiety and leash reactive behavior are the two most common things that we work with by far.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it's super, super common. And I think it's getting more common just genetically. What? Oh, so I was going why is that? Yeah, really? That's breeding. interesting. So... Um, <clears throat> that's a whole nother show <laughs> <laughs> I'll come back and <laughs> let into that about, one yeah the dog merchants with Kim Cavan look that one up I just referenced that last week too um so a few things come to mind first of all so he's extremely sensitive to his environment he's really impacted yeah you know the the garbage can the um anything yes um He's just ah, whoa, like overload the, system overload. The
1: way I put it is I once heard someone describe someone else as a highly sensitive person. I think the same could go for Diggy as sure. a dog. He's a highly sensitive dog. He's reactive. he's he's very aware of his world. Yeah um, in the way that people describe small dogs as like oh, he's a big dog in a small dog's body. he's so confident. I think he is absolutely aware of how small he is and how yeah. big this world is around him. yeah. well, so um
0: so the first thing that i think of is you know just to just to be um aware of is the genetic component. Mm-hmm. So his his genetic makeup, his temperament, um uh how quickly a dog recovers from being startled for example, um by noise and also by visual things. Mm-hmm. These are traits that you can measure in litters of puppies who are like five weeks old. Really? Yeah. Wow. So um, so there's a huge genetic component. You could have an individual who has a very reactive makeup genetically. Um, then there's also, these two are always kind of playing together. You have environment, right? Nature, nurture. hmm and you know the answer is usually always both, although you don't know to what degree. So you don't know what the first year of his like life looked like. Right. So is he so anxious and reactive to the world and novelty? Um, was maybe a sort of skittish temperament as a as a brand new puppy? Um, was that just you know? Is sort of like pouring gasoline on a on a um, vulnerability genetically, oh, if no. you have a, not literally, if you have <laughs> a, uh, sorry, that was a really, <laughs> um, I mean, like, uh, if you have a skittish dog and then they have kind of a hard, you know, time as a young dog, right. um, it takes that skittish temperament and just kind
1: of blows it up. I think that's what I was oh knowing, because it feels like at yes. that point, we're talking about something that I totally cannot control.
0: Right. And that's, that's you know, that, it, that just is what it is. Okay. So kind of understanding that. So- with how fearful he is, any novelty, like he really likes to be in his bubble of comfort. Yes. And then outside of that, and there's, he's got some kind of stuff in the home that, that he does that we'll get to, but really that like leaving the house just kind of blows his mind. And he's like, I can't, I can't,
1: this is too much for me. I'm, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't say he's so above his threshold that he can't function. I mean, he can still walk on a leash. He'll walk down the street. We can take him on a walk. But it's it's when he runs into other dogs Mm -hmm. where he's just he just loses it. And you've tried um, you said you
0: took like a reactive dog class and you and you refer to something called cheese walks.
1: Yeah, we do something that we call the cheese walk where we take um, like string cheese or some sort of cheese with us on the walk because Diggy's not super food motivated, but he loves his cheese so we can distract him enough on a walk with cheese, kind of, mm-hmm. um, to get him to stop barking at other dogs and lunging. However, I don't I don't really know if that's really helping. I feel like we're sort of putting a Band-Aid on the situation mm-hmm. because, first off, I don't think I need to be giving my dog that much cheese every day. <laughs> Especially a four-pound dog, right? Four-pound dog. Yeah. Um, and second, I just, I really don't think he's learning a lot from it. I don't think it's making him more comfortable.
0: So there's two approaches for that specific thing, and it's all about the timing. One is counter-conditioning, which I think is over-applied in working with dog behavior, mm-hmm. um, where they're, they have a negative association of something, and you try to change their mind or change their experience oh, I used to be nervous about when I saw this thing, Mm -hmm. like another dog approach in the distance, but with uh, pairing it with something positive over time and thousands of repetitions, um, which can be hard for people to do in in a controlled way, um, maybe they will then be like, oh, well, I thought this was, I, I wasn't comfortable with this, but every time I see this thing, I get cheese, and I love cheese, so I guess this thing isn't that bad. So it's oftentimes not effective with um, more deep rooted behavioral problems, which is what I think we're dealing with here. And the other challenge is setting it up in a controlled way for people. Right. Because it takes really literally thousands of repetitions And in a controlled way. And that's hard when you, you know, in Seattle is crawling with dogs. Right. That's another
1: problem. Because in a dog class where you can have a dog walk up quietly and you can sit, like you said, set everything up in a situation. He did great in that class. Yeah. But then when you're on, let's say, Alki Beach and there's dogs coming at you from every which way, um, it's it's really hard to get. A handle on it
0: oh and then you have all the other people who are like oh my dog's friendly and you're like
1: well what you know what about right. the other half of the equation?" and then I feel like the big jerk because I'm either picking up diggy or he's lunging and barking right. and I'm trying to explain how do you explain that right so I get it
0: <laughs> <laughs> so the first thing that I would recommend and we we talked a little bit about this but is trying medication yeah not just medication. So there's a whole bunch of other stuff that I'm going to recommend. And you had some kind of concerns about that. And I think that that's appropriate to be like, well, but, you know, but, you know, what? You know, medication. like, yeah. so, And I think that it's, it's good to be cautious and kind of question it and not just, you know, be like, oh, let's just, you Move know, forward throw pills at them and, sure. you know. But with a dog, just like for people, if there's a a, a chemical imba- a imbalance, like, um, you know, we were talking about this genetic factor, which I really think is is a, a player in this for him, you know, maybe it doesn't have to be this hard for him. And maybe it's not something that he has control of. It's just uh, a state that his body is in that he can't get out of. And so when he gets, he gets set off so easily. Yeah. Um, so would he benefit from... Would medication make life feel a lot easier for him? And when it's effective with anxiety, it you see it take the anxiety away, but it doesn't change the dog. Mm-hmm. So we're not looking for him to be like
1: sedated or out right. of it or like loopy. Because I think like that's loopy. the first thought you get kind of freaked out about yeah. that.
0: One well, And that's not, not what we want to do, and that's actually right. not really helping the dog because in some with some medications that are really just truly sedatives – it can actually like they feel out of it and they still feel also anxious. Oh, so it no. can it can be worse. It's a double whammy. Yeah, because they're like, I feel really messed up right now and I still feel all of the other stuff. Yeah. And I feel less equipped actually to handle it than I was. So so something like um, Prozac, Trazodone, um, those would be kind of two that I would ask your vet about. Mm-hmm. You know, people are like. Prozac for dogs. What What kind of world are we living in? I know, really, right? (laughs) But there's a reason why they study these medications for humans on dogs. There's a reason why they do cancer research for people with dogs because their bodies are actually super similar to ours, more so than an animal that we are more genetically, uh, that we're genetically closer to like chimpanzees. Like cancer behaves more almost identically in dogs as it does people it doesn't in chimps that's so interesting yeah I did not realize that yeah I was just talking to my my little niece about this actually she's so cute she loves science
1: good she, for her yeah go girl yeah um let so, me ask let me ask you really quick though because you see how I talk about my dogs yeah. I'm a mess I'm a total anxious mess my husband is the total opposite yeah he's super chill is my anxiety giving my dog's anxiety you're not causing it okay. Yeah. And I also don't experience you as a mess.
0: I experience you as concerned. Concerned. And acknowledging that, that his anxiety, that you feel anxious. You said that you feel like you're a bad owner and that you're, you know, you have guilt around his I'm, behavior. Right.
1: I mean, I think I want what every dog mom wants. I want him to have the best, greatest, most awesome life on this planet that he possibly can. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'm doing that right now. So I... I try so hard, but when you see something like anxiety and you can't control it and you can't figure out the root of it, it is, you feel like you're failing. Well, it's upsetting because you're seeing him suffer yeah, and it's also
0: impacting you in your life. Right. Um, and you want to explain to him, to like, it's him. going
1: to be okay. Yeah. I promise you want to help him. Yeah.
0: But it's not, there's a difference between you feeling like, oh, I, I want to help you and look, here you are now getting help. Yay. Um, there's a difference between oh, I want to help you, and and I and I'm I'm feeling stress around your stress, you know, just naturally. There's a difference between that and taking it on like your fault. Mm-hmm. So I can tell you, you can just let that go. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Um. If there was, I mean, sometimes people. So okay, so sometimes he's in the other room or hallway, and he's just barking at the wall. <laughs>
1: Right? This is a new occurrence. Okay. Where he'll be in the hallway kind of growling or barking. Sometimes it's the Kong. He gets very emotional about his Kong. Yeah. And if he can't quite figure it out, he gets crabby. Yeah. But sometimes I go over there and there's nothing going on. It's just him in the dark. Yeah. Growling or whining or barking. And I asked you, this is how we got into this, because I messaged you and I said, is he, do we have a ghost or something? Right. Well, maybe. (laughs) Um, But.
0: Also, so just kind of like a caveat to that, like you're not causing it. There are plenty of situations where where we you're not causing his general anxiety. Mm-hmm. He's got he's would would have that regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of situations though where we very easily um, reinforce behaviors that we're actually trying to like sue the dog out of. So I would ask, When he's in the other room, you know, barking at, you know, and you're not sure, it doesn't seem like there's anything to be barking at, and he's just in there barking, do you get up and go over and talk to him and pick him up and bring him over to you or try to distract him with a stuffed Kong full of food or whatever? Oh, no. So
1: that would be... (laughs) I'm reinforcing Mm -hmm. it. So cause and effect. Right, because I walk over and I'm I'm going, what is going on here? So I'm reacting to him. Right. Oh, my gosh. He's trained me. Right. In this situation. (laughs) Who is the
0: dog in this situation? In this situation. So his general challenges, highly sensitive, anxious, that kind of stuff. Uh You're not the root cause of that. Mm -hmm. But. I'm an enabler. Feeding into it. (laughs) Feeding into it by basically rewarding it when what we're trying to do is comfort the dog out of it or try to try to communicate like you're okay. it actually registers in most cases as praise. So you're like basically praise, like, oh, you're barking in the hall. Here's something. Kong, so he, peanut
1: butter. Yeah. It's delicious.
0: And he's like, I want a Kong with peanut butter in it. How do I get it? I'm going to go and bark at this or that. So I do Do I just let him bark at the wall? I mean, what, what would you? I think that there's, um, there's, that's more of, like, a surface behavior. Okay. Um, I mean, if anything, I would recommend directly just correcting it, telling him to stop. Okay. You know, squirt him with a
1: squirt bottle or something. Oh. Well, see, that's... I mean, I think that leads into another part of Diggy. He has tricks up his little dog sleeve. He's super smart. Yeah. And I feel like, um, for some reason, he, he's really... He knows his, a lot of his words. He... Did great in all those dog training classes, but he regresses when we get home. Sure. Well, yeah. You're at school. Yeah. Yeah. He's super sharp. He's a sharp dog. So
0: here's the thing is that one of the things with anxiety in general that I try to get at and figure out as as a root cause. So I mentioned, you know, I would really try medication. Mm -hmm. Um, It's safe. You're going to see it's either going to help them or it's not. And if mm-hmm. it doesn't, you try something else. Yeah. Um, but to really try it. Um, there's looking at uh, him. You said he's like really, 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 really smart. And I see this a lot, especially with little dogs. Mm-hmm. I see it a lot with all dogs, but there's a, a different level of intensity with little dogs it's like all that energy is jammed into this tiny little body and they're just like <laughs> you know like the mental energy though. I yeah, think you nailed that. Like so events, that feels yeah. like his energy. they're just like <laughs> I am so freaking smart. I'm I'm like I, you know he should be a CEO of Does some, he need a hobby? He needs a job. He needs a dog job. Yes. So dogs and people have been living together for. I heard this on your last podcast, yeah. the Seattle Barkery. I just, yes. Yeah,
1: I, I was listening. And I just
0: looked at Eric because I'm like, Eric, it's, this is like episode number 430 or something. It's dog unemployment.
1: Exactly. The
0: epidemic. Yeah. So dogs and people, do you remember how many years? For 10,000 years.
1: 40,000. 40,000. Ah, oh, so close. At least.
0: At least. um, And the nature of our relationship has been working together. And dogs now, especially in urban settings in this country, are unemployed. Really? Yeah. Well, he's. what, is he gonna, what does he yeah. have to
1: do? You know, I've been saying for a long time, it's about time you get off your cute little fuzzy butt <laughs> and you help support this household. And he's
0: like, please, <laughs> like, bring me to
1: work, you like, know? He's like, I filled out all these applications. I'll do You're it. You're not hiring me. Yeah, you know, go to Amazon <laughs> or something.
0: So, but so as a dog, so
1: nose work which I actually tried with Wolfie, our old dog, mm-hmm. because he doesn't do a lot of, he doesn't, he's old. He doesn't do a lot of the tricks anymore. He's not as mobile as, he is a nose work dog. Yeah. It's what he does.
0: There's sense of smell is their primary
1: sense. Yeah. and he's great at it. Yeah,
0: so doing nose work, but doing it in a way that's really, really, um, for Diggy, the, the young guy, um, one of the things about this anxiety is that sometimes, oftentimes, at least to a degree, mm-hmm. to varying degrees, depending on the dog, that, like, anxious, like, you like, you can feel, like, there. it's really... It's like, like he's going to pop out of his skin. Yeah, like, you know, it's hard on radio, yeah. I hope, it, it, you know, it's, Yeah, there's just this, <laughs> like, vibration, you know, <laughs> and the dog's just like... Ah! And it, part of that is because there's all of this energy, yeah. mental, because he's four pounds, he's not going to go run a marathon. Right you know it's not like he's a um yeah, you can't exercise him no he's not a pointer or exactly. you know a husky or something right so that meant that need for the mental outlet is even more intense oftentimes for dogs like him mm-hmm. so giving him a constructive outlet for that energy getting it out of his body literally moving it but doing it in a way
1: that's requiring him to focus it through his mind so my question is you mentioned nose work is it different kinds of nose work or are there different activities besides nose work that are also mentally stimulating? The second. So you can do nose
0: work, okay. which is actually a sport, like a doggy sport. Right. Um, so not just like hiding treats around, which he'll, he would love to do, but actually like take a nose work class or I can show you how to get started with okay. him on that. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, to give him. And then there's other a whole world of other things that you can do with him to, to burn that mental energy. And give him a constructive outlet for it because if he's just this little guy who gets all of his needs met and you guys take such good care of him and and you think about him and you're concerned about his well-being and all that stuff and all that's really great, but he's not being engaged. He's not ever really having to like problem solve or figure things out unless he's figuring out how to get a peanut butter Kong from you. And then he's figured out, I can bark in the hallway at yeah. nothing, and you'll get up and reinforce that. Right. So that intelligence, if we don't give them a constructive outlet, the dogs, it has to go somewhere. So they'll figure stuff out. That's
1: why they become tiny scammers. Yeah.
0: Well, he's he's like, well, you know. He's my little,
1: oh. my little con
0: man. Oh, that worked for me. <laughs> well, it just works for him. I mean, yeah. I would, if I was like, hey, you know. I made a certain sound, and you came over to me and gave me a hundred dollar bill, I'd keep doing it. Oh, yeah, right? Let me know what sound that is. yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> It's my secret that is that and, and and it totally makes sense, and I'm going, why didn't why didn't I think of that?
0: nobody I mean really i you can't baby them. N- you have to be mindful, mindful. And really, really clear about timing and that cause and effect thing. So one of the things that I recommend to my clients all the time is if you're wanting to troubleshoot something like at home on your own, imagine a silent movie. Mm -hmm. So there's, you know, cameras in your home and and you're watching this all back and you see, you know, There's a camera in the hallway and he's in there barking in the hallway and then there's a camera in your living room. And then so he barks and then you get up. I'm going to just simplify it. You get up and go and get a Kong from the or fill a Kong with peanut butter and then bring him the Kong with peanut butter. If you're watching that actually play out, that is what he's paying attention to as a dog. That's his silent movie. That is a dogs are not verbal. Right. That's that's a movie.
1: It's his world. And it, literally, it's, it's, it's his world. a happy ending every time <laughs> because he gets that peanut butter.
0: cup. <laughs> He's like, OK, cool. Thanks for that. And next time I want one. I'll, I know how to ask you. Oh, I don't. I want him
1: to be mentally engaged.
0: So here's the thing I need. I want to back up about this okay. because I mentioned using a squirt bottle with water in it. And in the way that this industry is, is that sort of ironically to me. People are really reactive about correcting dogs. Yeah, at all. Okay. So a lot of the training techniques, you know, in this country and certainly in Seattle where it's all positive, you never say no, you never correct, there's never anything negative that happens to the dog, at least as a result of you. Okay. And the thing is, is that dogs correct each other and it's okay to... Just so instead of let's take this instead of for Diggy. So Diggy's Diggy. So let's be him for a second. You're in the hallway. You bark and you get brought a Kong with peanut butter in it. And you're like, thank you. That's what I wanted. That worked for me. Mm -hmm. So I'll do it again. Well, what happens if you bark in the hallway and then somebody comes over and squirts you in the face with water? I'm not going to bark anymore. Exactly. Because I don't want that to happen right this is effective when that is the root of the behavior but with anxiety there's plenty of times where correction would be not the right thing to do it would be an inappropriate response if you've got a dog who is having um some sort of fearful reaction that's just beyond their control and and they're you know so you would make them more fearful could you
1: make them more fearful
0: um it well, I guess technically, yes, but it it also just wouldn't work. Okay. And it wouldn't be fair. Like, it doesn't feel good, like, m- you know, ethically, morally. Right. That would be like, a, you know, a, a situation where the answer is not a consequence. Sometimes the answer is a consequence. Sometimes dogs have separation anxiety because they're actually what's happening is that they're throwing a tantrum that you didn't take them.
1: No way. Oh, yeah.
0: Really Oh yeah,
1: because I did that a lot when I was about four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I feel like I can relate
0: so but how do you know like is this a dog where that's the case where they're just you know, I don't think I would know pissed that they that you left them and they want to go and they're like, you get back here uh and then to say like yes and then that that then results in them feeling upset, anxious. So are they feeling technically feeling anxiety? Are they feeling upset? Yes. But the root of it is that there's there's a boundary that needs to be set. I know that you are not accepting that I'm leaving you home. You would prefer that I take you with me. Um, But you have to accept that this is what's happening. Mm -hmm. So sometimes actually correcting that um, oftentimes is what the dog's like, oh, well, if that's what I get, As a result of my barking at you, you come back. And again, with the squirt bottle, you know, I get squirted in the face with water. It's not hurting him. It's just not something he's going to like sign up for again. (laughs) So then he's like, okay, fine. And then he goes and lays down. And that actually gives him access to relaxing. There's other cases. So that I actually wouldn't call that separation anxiety. That's not clinical separation anxiety. That's sassiness. Yeah. That's like a kind of a tantrum, a boundary that's not been set and is causing the dog to act upset. Wow. Which I wouldn't put
1: that past a Pomeranian. They are very <laughs> sassy.
0: Well, then there's other dogs who really have clinical separation anxiety. Yeah. And putting them, you know, correcting them for it would not be appropriate. That's, so that's the challenge yeah. with corrections is that, and, um, th- you know, that's why evaluating a dog as an individual is so important. And working, you know, if you have a dog with what you feel like is really Severe anxiety. So if you have a dog who's who's having a physiological response, drooling, panting, like in a, in a kennel or something like that, right. or when you leave, they're actually like drooling. And and then that to me feels more like clinical separation anxiety than than the dog like sassing you out like you get back here.
1: Take I, me with you. I, I want to say it's clinical. Because I when when Diggy gets bad separation anxiety, he starts this desperation, sort of this desperate panting. Yeah. So I
0: think for like his him, eyes
1: bug out of his. Head. I
0: think for him, that's why the first thing I said was I recommended you try medication because you haven't yeah. tried that yet. No, I haven't. So I think he has generalized anxiety, and then I also think that there's other such more specific things like barking at the at the wall, especially when you say, "Well, yeah, I get him a Kong," where he's got us figured out. Right.
1: So it's both that's interesting yeah it's a trifecta of, of, of maladies
0: yeah speaking <laughs> of trifecta I will ask you um, do you give them chemical flea
1: medication um you know we just started but n- we've only done it twice mm-hmm. so any any
0: dog who's um, struggles with really reactive behavior I mean I don't recommend this for dogs anyway but I don't recommend chemical flea medications okay they're pesticides they attack the central nervous system what do you recommend flea busters
1: what is a flea busters
0: flea busters comes and treats your house it's non-toxic if you have carpeting oh do you have carpeting yeah yeah easy guaranteed no fleas for a year you don't have to do anything to the dogs really they just—you can do it yourself, even I if you want. I feel
1: horrible. I had no idea.
0: Well, how would you when your vet recommends it?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So that's the institution of veterinary medicine and the uh, relationship between pharmaceutical companies and medicine, and that's a whole nother show too. So we're gonna take a quick. <laughs> I'm just, I'm <laughs> just handing you ideas. <laughs> well, I've already done these shows. So, uh, Dr. Michael Fox, we talked about um, the relationship between. Um, Prescription diets and uh, vet schools, and it was it was awesome. That, that sounds really interesting. That was interesting. back in uh, November 4th of 2009, and I only know that because I've recommended that show so many times. Wow. Okay, I have a special song for you <gasps> as we go to break. We'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes.
1: Yes. <gasps> Strike the
0: Looking for an easy way to give your dog's food a boost in nutrition? Or maybe your dog has a sensitive digestive tract, itchy skin, or is just a picky eater? We've had such great success feeding St. John Creamery raw goat's milk to our pack, and I recommend it to my clients all the time. You can get raw goat's milk for your dog all over the country. But if you live in western Washington, be sure at St. John Creamery you reach for in the freezer section of your local independent pet supply store. You can also pick up your milk at drop locations around the area. Visit stjohncreamery.com to learn more. That's stjohncreamery.com. Your dogs will love you for it. Host at dogradioshow.com. That's me, Julie Forbes. Host at dogradioshow.com. I look forward to connecting. Wait, dogs can use Skype? We're really living in the future. (laughs) This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to the Ananda Institute of Living Yoga, we cover the world of animals. This week, August 6th, by request, it's Vet Sunday with Dr. Bill Burlingame in the studio. Dr. Bill is the expert on animal and human immune system support, as well as Pleckner syndrome. He's a perfect balance between natural and traditional medicine and a wealth of knowledge. Open phone lines, so plan to give us a call on Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150.
1: Real People, real life, real radio, alternative talk. Eleven fifty.
0: And now back to the dog show with Julie Forbes. Ooh, go, Ooh, oh, welcome back!
1: We're just voguing here as as we listen oh. to our girl Madonna. Man, that is a classic. That it song is. never gets bad. No, it's every time you hear it, it's still so good. The video. The video. Yeah. Was that the one where she was in, like, the pantsuit? Was that the one? Uh, she. I just remember, like, a top gold. She looks gorgeous. Was that the cone bra phase? Yes. Yes. Yep. Because that was right after sort of the who's that girl phase. Mm-hmm. I think we need to do a separate show and right. just talk about Madonna and maybe
0: Britney or, you know.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Our favorite pop icon, (laughs) Femme Fatales. Yeah. Not related to the dog show with Julie Forbes. (laughs) (laughs) No, not related to
0: dogs. (sighs) Okay, so. Maybe if we got Madaga. Oh.
1: Oh! Should have a dog contest for charity where everyone dresses their dogs up as their favorite version of Madonna. And then does a dance with them? Yes. Mm -hmm. That would actually, I would definitely pay good money for that. Yeah. Lots of ideas here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're um, talking with my friend Liz from Dance Class Yay! Studio Two Hundred Six. What's up uh, about her dog Diggy, who's a two-year-old Pomeranian? She's had him for a little, a little over a year. So he's t- he's t- was two in April. Yeah.
1: How do you know he was two in April? I just we just made him made up it up. Okay. Yeah. Um, because when we got him, they told us that.
0: Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but they had no other information about him.
1: um n- yeah, and he lives with Wolfie. yep, who thirteen is, year old. he's he's my, he's my main man, yeah.
0: And he's Mr. Com- cool, calm and collected. and then Diggy is really um, challenged with new environments. He's really sensitive. He's really reactive, and he's um seems anxious. He's also quite smart. Yes. and um has also, I think, figured out. So I think there's times where, he might be playing you a little bit. And then I think there's other times where he's really truly um vulnerable and, and stressed out. Feeling overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, so we we're talk- we talked about medication, and I think that this is because, you know, honestly, I um I have felt that too about medication in my earlier years um working with dogs, you know, like 15 years ago. And I don't honestly think that I think that in the last 15 years, it feels like dogs are more anxious generally than they were.
1: I wonder, why is that? Genetics. Gen- again, Yeah, the
0: genetics. Yeah, well, there's no control for breeding. So there's, you know, a, a, let's just say, you know, for the sake of the conversation, there's half the breeders who breed uh, responsibly and for temperament and health. And then there's the other half um, who just breed to make money. And are not, you know, just pumping them out. Yeah. So. um. And then he has a questionable first year of life. So y- you have concern about medication. And right. I get it.
1: Yeah. I The way we were talking, we were talking earlier. And my thought was, um, I think of, I think of people. Um, I, th- I think of people in my own life who we, I like to openly talk about, you know, I mean, mental health. You should talk about it. But you you talk about someone going on maybe Prozac or an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety medication. And you hear people constantly say, I don't want to be medicated my whole life. I don't want to live my life medicated. And I feel like the same you kind of wonder about that for your dog. Sure. Well, it's the question
0: of what are you doing along with medication to deal with the problem. Okay. So it's not just about taking a pill and everything stays the same. Okay. It's if, if you have somebody who's anxious or whatever, and this is true for dogs. I mean, that's why I asked about chemical flea medication. Don't do that. It attacks the central nervous system. It causes hyperexcitation of nerve cells.
1: That's good to know. Plus, it's
0: also pretty expensive. Totally. And it's actually more effective to treat the environment because fleas spend over half their life cycle in your environment, not on the dog. So there's that. Um, looking at food you know i mean in in with human medicine i mean how often is diet really like it's a huge factor huge it's like the most stress and nutrition and of course you know assuming that you know you're not smoking cigarettes or something but right, like no nutrition is you know ev- a cornerstone to health it impacts yeah. everything i feel like we've done a pretty decent well, I, That's what I
1: think. We've right? done a pretty decent job. But how nutrition. do you
0: know when yeah. you've got your vet prescri- uh, recommending prescription diets, which are some of the worst health-wise, and then this whole pet food industry that exists to make money off of the waste from the human food industry and the agricultural industry, and there's very little regulation about what they can say on the bag. You don't want to know what's in the really gross ones. Now you're going to a small independent healthy pet store, so that alone is is a good step. You yeah. know where you buy it, like. Um, don't buy food for pets from a grocery store, for example, because I could guarantee you it's gonna be gross. Well,'m I'm, I'm curious what what do you feed your dogs or so I would recommend getting your dogs and just to answer your question also, off of processed food, okay? like kibble. okay. Um, there's lots of options as far as raw food diets, um, cooked cooked food. So older dogs, your older guy would do better on a cooked stew. There's a company called the Natural Pet Pantry. They make a great food. Okay. There's um, Diggy. I would probably try raw food, or if you just wanted to keep it the same, give them cooked food also, and that's fine because it's, it's actually food. Yeah. This whole thing of like, people food versus dog. Oh, I never give them people food. It's like, well, you know, I mean, you don't want to give them curry
1: or that always confuses me. Yeah. I mean, I know there are certain foods you definitely should not give right. dogs. It's bad for them. But, I mean, if it's if it's good enough for me, why isn't it good enough for my
0: well dog? chickens chicken beef is beef right carrots are carrots right. apples are apples right so there's not dog carrots and human carrots that are different right it's it's actually if you look at pet quality versus human quality it's it's an issue of quality so with meat and byproducts and fillers and all that kind of stuff and then preservatives chemicals i mean it, it can get real nasty but Um, And then also just the processing. So let's let's say you took all of these really um, awesome organic ingredients that you got at a farmer's market and then you process it into kibble, which is brown pellets. Right. Well, visually, like hold kibble in your hand and then hold, you know, chicken and apple and broccoli and look at the two hands. And it's like, whoa, like what what happens to the food in the processing actually alters it on a molecular level, so it makes it really hard for the body to access the nutrients, and it also throws the balance of um, bacteria, gut flora, all that, and, you know, 70% of immune function lives in the digestive tract. Also there's more serotonin receptors in the gut than there are in the brain,
1: and that's anxiety. In dogs or humans or both? Both. Really? Yeah. So that's why pizza makes me happy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love pizza too, a lot.
0: Um, and my stomach's going. Why? Yes. Yes. Well, I don't know. Sometimes, depending on the quality of the pizza, I guess sometimes I feel like it tastes good, but then I feel like bloated right. afterwards. I feel horrible after. N- no good. Yeah. So, looking at diet, looking at all of these factors. Um, and is then, it just
1: sort of a trial and error with diet? You just sort of try and if it works, if it works, if it doesn't, you move yeah, on. Yeah.
0: I mean, I can, I can. Yeah. So, canine natural is a great. So, there's K. The letter K and the number 9 natural i want to say we've tried that is a brand yeah they're awesome yeah um so f- for those of you who, uh, i think they're based in new zealand so um then there's because you live in seattle there's the natural pet pantry they make a great food they have both have raw and out. cooked yeah. they also offer home delivery um oh. you can i don't know if mud bay i don't think mud bay carries them but um but and but you know yeah so i can so, yes, trial and error, but also just kind of knowing where to start. There's also a lot of, like, Canine Natural has a frozen raw, and then they also have, like, freeze-dried. Yeah. Um, so you can also do that, or you can have that as an option for when you travel.
1: We, right. were, using, um, we were using the, it was freeze-dried raw food. Mm-hmm. They love it. Yeah. They go crazy over it. Sure. So that kind of would work.
0: Yeah, I would ask, I would kind of ask about the brand and where you get, you know, and just ask a couple questions about it. But as a category, freeze dried, the less processing, the better. OK,
1: yeah, they I've never seen them go crazy over a dog food like when we started giving them the raw food. Yeah, because I, I do know when well, when I first started with Wolfie, I didn't know anything. I mean, this was 12 years ago mm-hmm. and. I was just buying him, like you said, I was buying him kibble from the grocery store. And then you start doing some reading and you're going, oh my gosh, I can't believe I was feeding you that. Yeah.
0: So, um, it makes a huge difference. You know, I've seen diet changing a dog, uh, switching a dog from, I had a little terrier I worked with years ago who was aggressive. um, And her owner switched her off of um, a low quality kibble put her on raw food, and she noticed a decrease in her aggression just from switching the food because we hadn't done anything else. And wow. she was still, it didn't just, you know, it, poof, everything is perfect now, but it impacted her behavior. I've I've seen dogs um, develop ang- anxious phobic behaviors when their owners started a flea medication. So, you know, these yeah. things are for There's real. There's so many
1: things to think about yeah. that you don't think
0: about. Well, no. Because you don't think they have a really big, impact or well and that's also what you're told by professionals like you know not to bash on vets because we work with veterinarians all the time and and you know we love our veterinarians but the institution of veterinary medicine you know says that these things are fine and I would you know question those and have so there's so much to get at and and the thing with the medication is that if he needs it, if he's a dog who really needs some help chemically, like he's genetically got a really uh, skittish temperament, yeah. and, and there's a chemical imbalance, helping him chemically to feel better, in addition to you know nose work and and talking ab- more in depth about um, these different situations, like the one that we talked about on today's show when he's in the hallway. The hallway. I feel like I
1: need to observe myself in these situations because I am so, I I think we all just get into our mode and we are doing things without even thinking about it. Totally. So I think it's taking a step back and looking at yourself. Right.
0: Okay, here's this situation. Hmm. I wonder, is this one of those ones where I'm reinforcing it? Well, imagine that silent movie Right. and look at what's happening as a direct result of the dog's behavior, what's actually happening, not what's being said, because the words are what matter the least Mm -hmm. with dogs and people too. But, um, you know, putting structure in place, um, looking at, uh, is, does he demand stuff from you? Does he like boss you around a lot? Is he, you know, does he not let you, you know, some, some dogs who are anxious also have behaviors like they don't let their owners talk on the phone, for example. Uh, they control their attention. They control yes. where they, they,
1: right? Let me tell you, yes. Okay. Um, one thing that we notice that Diggy does is, um, let's say Wolfie comes up and we want to give Wolfie some, some. we call them the touches, the good touches, like mm-hmm. the ear scratches. Yeah. So we want to give Wolfie the good touches on his ears. Diggy Flips out. It's like he has to have the he has to have both of us. Yeah, my husband and I. Yeah, he has to have both of our attention. Yeah, at at all times.
0: So we would want to look at um, why is he doing that? Well, because he because he can because he's a being a butt. Yeah. So well, and it's also <laughs> you know so then there's that anxiety piece to it. Right. But then so well would medication help that? But also looking at you know you guys really setting that boundary with him hey, little guy, you don't tell us who we pay attention to. So that's a
1: leadership dynamic that could be off. Right, and I think I have to admit, I mean, I'm kind of a pushover. I probably am a pushover. With your dog anyway. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, it's super common.
0: It's not even that you're like, you know, this means this about me generally or whatever, but it, you know, it happens so easily. And then you also don't really know what to do. Right. And you go, Oh, you're just, you're so cute and you're so tiny. Okay. I'll just, and then, you know, or you're, you know, I can't be mad at you. Yeah. Or you're tired or you don't, and you also just don't know what to do. So then it's like, well, I'm just going to do what works to get you to stop. But in doing so, He's the one controlling you, and that's not the natural order of things, and that can contribute to the dog feeling anxious because they will feel calmer and more secure in the world if they feel that there is a larger presence that understands them. But that is a larger presence. It's just like
1: kids. I need to be his larger presence. Yes. He needs to feel that you are the queen. I feel like I'm queen in every other aspect of my life. (laughs) This four pound dog controlling. It's so common. <laughs> that makes that does make me feel better. But
0: what is? But I'm not talking about that you have to have like this really strict relationship with him either. And that's where people are kind of like right because you, you that's know, not oh fun. but I don't want to like not what does yeah, that mean? That's not fun. Oh I have to be. It's like no 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 no. And this is all
1: stuff that I um. So how how do you? I guess my question is how how do you start? How do you enforce that I'm the queen deal yeah. without making the relationship not fun? I
0: think we need to do another show. I would. Love I mean, to. I
1: literally just finished writing a book
0: about this. How to book plug, yeah. plug. Yeah. What's well, it's point? not. It's. I'm. Oh. I just finished it creatively, but right. it's... so not yet. It, right. All right. Yeah. Not, not yet. Um. Stand so that was just a teaser. <laughs> yeah. So, but really though, I think that's a great question to leave with. If we had another hour, how I'd to be it. queen of your relationship with your dog? Yeah. I'm I talk down. about. Yeah. I yeah. talk about queens specifically in the book because it's a great. Or you know, yeah. you know, things. and it's so more than just buying a tiara off Amazon. Exactly, exactly. Uh, watch. Start by watching Madonna's Vogue video, and then we'll re we'll we'll reconnect. Okay. So, Liz, thank you so much for being with me thank today. Thank you for having me. You're super show is fun, awesome. Thank you, um, Eric. Thanks as always for entertaining um, my music requests. And <laughs> Anytime. We'll be back next week live at two p.m. Thanks for listening to the Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Been listening to the Dog Show with Julie Forbes Wednesday afternoons at two on Alternative Talk eleven fifty a.m. Never miss another episode. Listen to our podcast online at DogRadioShow.com or download them for free on iTunes or SoundCloud.